welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. Man, isn't God so good? I just love to worship him. I love to tell him how good he is because it starts to really take hold in my heart. How about you? We did that quite a few times. We said over and over and over, greater you, Lord, you're so good to me. And I, you know what? I started to buy in. You know, and we come in here with so many challenges going on and we start to forget how good God is. And sometimes we need to come in here as a body and start to just rejoice and remember how good he is. That song we did, uh, Great Are You, Lord, um, he gives hope. He mends up the brokenhearted. He provides what you need. You may not know that God. Well, I want to show. I want to introduce you to him today. Um, we're going to get in the word, and I believe the Lord's got a great word for us today. So I just want to encourage you. Try to shut the iPhones off. Shut the negative thoughts off. Shut your past stuff people have said over you, stuff that you think you can't move forward. And let's try to have a fresh slate this morning that we would have ears to hear. And eyes to see what the Lord is doing in this place and in your life and what he wants to do in you. Amen? I'm here to do something different. I'm here to change. I'm here to find out what God is saying to me and to take that path because my path doesn't work. My path leads to frustration. God's path leads to hope and to power and to breakthrough and to miracles. I believe that with all my heart. I'm going, to share, I'm going to try to start sharing a quote with you. I don't know how well I'll do with this to remember each week, but look at this quote. 95% of, emotion, of your emotions are determined by the way you talk to yourself. Can anybody agree? Yeah, I would encourage you, always look up whoever's quoted it. Don't just take my word for it. We could have some nut that just types on the Wikipedia. But look it up. This guy's written 70 books, an inspirational speaker. Um, but 95% of your emotions is determined by the way you talk to yourself. Anybody here struggle with the way you talk to yourself? Amen. If you said no, you're lying. Let's dive in. Deuteronomy chapter 17. The king must not build up a large stable of horses for himself or send his people to Egypt to buy horses. For the Lord has told you, you must never return to Egypt. Uh, well, what does that mean? Huh. Today, I want to talk to you about moving forward. Too many times we live in the past. We make decisions based on the past. We, make, uh, we start to develop em uh, emotions and, and thoughts and, and our direction developed on the past. And I want you to know, we're going to see here in just a minute in Exodus, the children of Israel got delivered. If any people had ever been delivered, it was the children of Israel. God delivered them with miracles. Do you remember all the plagues that happened? They didn't happen to the children of Israel. It was dark on the other side of the water. It was light on their side. Hail and storms and so big of hail that was killing the livestock and killing people was happening just across. I believe if we were like standing here, we could look on the other side of 111 and see it just getting demolished. How could you not grab hold to believe there is a God? Plague comes, flies come, locusts come, frogs come. I mean, wake up. God's moving. Children of Israel, wake up. God's moving. And that, but then we see they got delivered. They got delivered from slavery. Um, they were taken up to the Red Sea. A fire was put be between them and Pharaoh and his men. The waters parted. They walked through. They were free. They were in the desert. 
but they were free. They were no longer slaves. They were no longer getting beaten. They could do as they wished. They were together with their family, and they were free. Can everybody say free? All right, we're going to get free today. You're going to have a chance to get free. You're going to have a chance to get free. But immediately, so they've just gotten free. Immediately, look what happens. A little bit of struggle happens, and they don't have water. And here we see in Exodus 14, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Let that sink in. It's better to be a slave. What we had in slavery and in bondage is better. Do you see the lie that they were believing? Because a challenge showed up. Now, nobody has gotten dehydrated. Now, have they gotten thirsty? Yes. Has God abandoned them? No. But they think he has. How many of us get walking down the road and at the first sign of trouble, we start, cast, start spitting out of our mouth, I was better off back here. When all along, the entire provision has already been laid out for them. The children of Israel, after about a month of being delivered, began feeling different about their circumstances. Remember the miracles that they saw. The seas parted. And you know what? When they left Egypt, they didn't just leave empty-handed. God had the Egyptians give them all their valuables. They got to walk out of town with their gold. They didn't walk out empty-handed. They walked out with stuff. Now, how many times do we see miracle after miracle, but the second our challenge shows up, we can't remember a single miracle. All we can see is our problem. And it is the end of the world. Here the Egyptians are thinking it is the end of the world. So after they've been delivered, we see immediately. Now, if you go back to Exodus chapter 14 and 15, we see after they've been delivered, they start praising the Lord. They even sing songs. They write songs about how much they praise God. But in the next verse, Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 it says, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days. Three days. When they came to the oasis of, of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, to which they called Marah, which means bitter. Can you go to my next one, uh, Savannah? Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? How many days? Three days, right on the heels. Can anybody even imagine the Red Sea parting in front of you and you walking through it? We've seen all the videos. We've seen Hollywood's depiction of how it would have looked. But I don't believe I could have believed it. I could not. I, 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 I struggle to even think how awesome that had to have been. For the waters to be opened up and walk through. Now, this is not a part of my message, but I want you to know as you're facing um, destruction, as you're facing the end of the world, God can open the waters in front of you, and you walk through dry. Do you know that they had the, the, the uh, Pharaoh's army was right behind them coming after them to kill them all? 
God put fire in between them, opened up the water, and they walked through. Do you know that the children of Israel just sat there and still prayed even while the waters were open? And God finally said, stop praying. Start marching. Stop. You've prayed. I've moved. Now move. Walk through. That's our part, is to hear the voice of the Lord. When he calls us to start walking, start walking. And expect challenges. If you will expect challenges, then when you have them, you're not going to turn on God. You're going to see so many stories of how they turned on God. The problem is, as God delivered them, their lesson, even after the first uh, time that God provided water, it didn't sink into them. Look at Exodus chapter chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 1. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Verse 3. Now, isn't this a little dramatic? If the Lord had just killed us back in Egypt. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Now you've brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. They have completely forgotten that they were in complete bondage. No freedom. Beaten. Hurt. Everything taken away from them. But now all they can remember is that their stomachs are growling. Anybody here get uh, snippy when your stomach growls? Do you turn into that Snickers person where everybody's seen that commercial? Well, that's the, that's the children of Israel. They got a little hungry. And they turned. Unbelievable that this carnal, stiff-necked nation like Israel would want to go back to where they were slaves. What could they have missed? There is so much here in this message. Israel quickly forgot the weight of their burden in Egypt. And they came under that old saying, it's always greener on the other side. Can I give you a more truthful statement? It's greener where you water it. It's greener where you water it. Think of your own life for a minute. If you're in the middle of a trial, does your mind drift back to an earlier time? Somehow find yourself thinking about the good old days. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10 says, Don't long for the good old days, it's not wise. It's easy to look back. It's easy to judge and to be critical and to slip back into your old ways. There are things that Israel could have said and they did say, we would have been better off to have died. Do you know what they even went so far to say is, God must have moved us out here because there weren't enough graves in Egypt so that we could be buried out here in the desert. Do we go crazy and stupid when challenges show up? We abandon all truth? We do. God's saying expect challenges. These tests are going to help you. These tests, by according to God's word, is going to grow you into a stronger person. Expect challenges. The thing is, when a challenge comes, turn to God. 
when their challenge came, if they had turned to God, they would have turned an 11-day trip. They would have turned a 40-year trip into 11 days. Do you know their trip was only 11 days long? But it it cost them, and it made them stay there for 40 years. Anybody been in the same spot for 40 years and you can't get out? Turn to God. As we learned in Sunday school this morning, that God can do all things. If you're facing annihilation, God can handle it. God will not be annihilated. He can't be. What are you facing? What are you facing? Quit looking at the good old days. Anybody here have those stories? You like to go back to the good old days? Most of my good old days are stories I don't tell my children. I tell them the ones that I kind of think I can, and then I regret telling them. Let's look at this quote. Savannah, can you bring up the next? Don't look back. You're not going that way. You're not going that way. It's very easy to look at a marriage and think how much better it was. Well, if it's so much better in the past, something's wrong. My marriage, when I am completely committed and investing and the Lord is with us, my marriage gets better every year, not worse. Now, I will tell you, it looks different. We look different. (laughs) Cindy. Anybody here look different today than you did 20 years ago? We look different, but I want you to know God goes from glory to glory. He doesn't leave you to remember how great the past is and your future sucks. Pardon my French. Your future is good. God has a good future for you. We must look forward. So many times we want to go back, and you know these things that get us are um, addictions and thoughts, depressive thoughts and lies. You know, even the addict, as they're trying to get out from under that bondage, thinks about how good it was back in bondage. It is the enemy's tactic to bring the past in front of you to long for it. Because you remember that other relationship. You remember that other job. You remember how good it was. But if they could zoom you back to that other job, you hated it. But now because of what you're facing, you take it. Wait. Stop looking back. Look forward. The enemy's tactic is to entice you back into bondage. The enemy doesn't care how he does it. He wants you locked back up. I want you to consider this. I want you to think about bitterness and unforgiveness. Just for a second. Bitterness and unforgiveness. Which direction does bitterness and unforgiveness look? It looks back. Bitterness and unforgiveness is a bondage backward your freedom is forward if you look at love peace joy and righteousness in the holy spirit thank you justin oh 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 oh, yeah thank you come on 
I need to do something to get you to remember. <laughs> do you know 95% of what you hear from me today is going to be forgotten? That stinks. As someone that prepares and gives his heart to what we've got today, 95%, studies have shown, you're going to retain about 5%. If all you can remember is, oh, oh, oh yeah, that's enough. Because what you'll t- tie that to is love, joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. That's what I have. Which direction do those face? Which direction does love face? Forward. Because when I love you, when I love you, I stop looking at your past. I love you in spite of your past. I can give peace. I can give mercy. Do you know mercy is forward thinking? I forgive you of what's behind you. And I give you mercy. Not because you deserve it. You don't. We don't deserve mercy, but the Lord gives mercy because he loves. He does not look at us because of our past. He looks at us because of our future. When the Lord looks at me, he sees Jesus. I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I have given my heart to the Lord at five years old. When the Lord looks at me, he sees the Lord. Now, I still have struggles. I still have to come to him and repent and come clean. We were taking communion before service this morning. And something that the world doesn't have is a way to get free of their junk. They can't. Pills won't do it. Self-help books won't do it. Exercise won't do it. You can't get free. There's only one way to get free of your nastiness. And that's the blood of Jesus. That's it. That's what we got to do over there. That's what you got to do this morning if you really did it. If you just ate the wafer and drank the juice, you just got a little snack. But if you renewed your covenant with the Lord, repented and came clean, you know what happened? You just got free. Now, you can choose to go back home into bondage, or you can walk forward out of that bondage and into freedom. Somebody say amen. We've got to get excited about the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Here's a good one. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteousness, living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Can anybody see what's what's going on here? This is a transformation of your mind. When it talks about youthful lusts, what's it talking about? It's talking about your past. My youthful things are in my past. I do not need to be a 20-year-old. I need to be a 40-whatever. I have to literally think about it. 46? I don't know. Yeah. Just a number. Run! When that enticement... you You know what one of the worst things about Facebook is your past. You see a relationship, you see an opportunity, and there it stands right in front of you. And you start thinking about how good you think it was back then. But back then was bondage. Back then was bondage. I don't want to go back there. But because you're facing challenges where you are, and you're not dealing with them with God, That stuff in the past looks better. That is Satan tossing a... 
holding out a carrot saying, take the carrot. I promise you, that thing will die and dry up. You didn't like it before, you won't like it again. But what will happen is you'll wind up in bondage again. And Satan will be just fine leaving you locked up. Look forward. Walking with the Lord is a forward walk. It's not a backward one. He leads our steps forward. God has given us a future. He has given us a future. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. When that stuff shows up, run. One great thing about running is it gets me, it clears my mind of what I'm facing. I, I'm, I like to run because I think it's an emotional thing that I can escape from certain things in my life. I get to running and I start thinking about other things. All of a sudden, I start the, chirp, the birds start chirping again. God starts speaking to me. He's spoken to me so much as I, as I have started exercising again. Run. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Who are those you're hanging out with? Are they those that are enticing you back into bondage or are they leading you into the future? It's so easy to fall back into our past. It's so easy to take your phone and to get back into those images. It's so easy to give those looks to that opposite sex. It's so easy, and it's, it's, it's so easy that you can hide it. It's one of Satan's greatest tactics is you think you've got it hidden. It's not hidden. It will come out. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit, and a good tree cannot produce bad. So what do you do when that enticement happens? It says you're going to be tested, but it also says you'll never be tested more than you can handle. What happens when it tests you? Run. Tell someone. You know, the second it comes out of your mouth and you make it real to someone else, that's what uh, Burton was talking about in Sunday school is accountability. The moment I can tell you is the moment I start to get free. As long as I hold it, I've had so many challenges in my mind and in my life over the last three or four years, and the only way I can get free of it is if I talk about it. If I won't talk about it, I will never get free. It says in Scripture that if we will confess our sins one to another, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. There is something that happens when you open your mouth and say, I'm getting tempted again. Well, okay, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to help you. Let's get together. That's okay. Because you're tempted, let me tell you, men, we are tempted. That doesn't make us bad men. We live in a world that has fallen, but we have been equipped to overcome the things that we face. And we must do it together. Do you see what it says here? Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Some of you would say, I don't enjoy being with other people. We've, we've, we've gotten disconnected somehow. God has created you to enjoy other people. You've believed a lie that you don't like people. You've believed a lie and that they don't like you. I have found that as long as I have the Lord, my ability to like someone is so much better. Because I see them different. 
really, it really helps me just look at myself and realize, man, I, I don't know how anybody could love me. Yeah, I could love them. I don't know how anybody could love me. Yeah, I can love them. One of the greatest things that's happened with my wife and I is her teaching me to talk. I was brought up in a household where my dad didn't talk a whole lot. Now, whether that's true or not, that's just what I perceived. Now, as I got older in life, he talked all the time. <laughs> Biggest talker ever. I think that we perceive things, and the Lord puts these, these not the Lord, Satan puts these locks on us to where we believe something to be true, and it's not. If I can encourage you, communication is key between marriages between friendship, between the Lord, your communication. And can I encourage you again? Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm struggling with this. You know what he would say? I know. I know you are. And I can help you. And I forgive you. And your future's so good. It's not, Man, you're terrible. I knew you'd never make anything. You'd always be stupid. You're just dumb. I can't believe that. I already knew it. I knew I was going to. No, God doesn't think that way. You know how he thinks? He thinks you are beautifully made. You are his creation, made in his, in his image. He sees incredible value in you. You must look forward. Stop looking backward. Look forward. You know, when you look backward, you start looking at all this other stuff. When you look forward in Christ, you look through the cross. And that's the way that I can look at Justin and see, yeah, he's, he's got challenges, but I don't see that. I see him. I try my best to see him as Christ would see him. Not perfect, but unbelievable potential. And then as I start to really look, I see your heart, mercy, love, peace, joy frustrations with me yeah just kidding not really uh, look forward look forward church 2017 is almost here and I'm believing for it to be your best year now there will be challenges because there are challenges doesn't mean it's your worst year it just means we're still alive but I believe 2017 has the potential of being your best year. Look forward. Got a better year coming. That is life. And that's just what the Lord wants to do. Take you up in his arms. Say, it's okay. I know you're hungry, and I know that pastor's talking a long time. It'll be over soon. Well, I just want to speak a word over you. I want to bless you, and we're going to go home. I also want to remind you that the Christmas parade has been postponed until next week, but the lighting of the Christmas tree where all the churches get together and the community comes together is still happening at 6 o'clock. What's up?